thank you for joining me for the Sermon of the Week. Coming to you from Studio B, housed inside that miraculous establishment. The Midwest Healing Center, Lady Ozark. 728 North Main Street in Lori, Missouri, if you want to come see us. Well, the Sermon of the Week is brought to you by the New Old School Podcast in Church at the MHC. Join me today as we revisit our Sunday morning service, October 17th, 2021. We're going to jump in the middle of this one. Today's Sermon of the Week, Sons, Not Servants, Part 2 of a three-part series. Today, let's talk about the ring. Worthy to, to be called a son. Make me as a hired servant. You can't. There's some things that belong to sons that don't belong to servants. And so you, you can't do that. And so a robe. So today we're going we're gonna to look at the ring. We're going to look at the ring. So you saw that, you know, I, this wasn't just like my new fad here, you know. Oh, you like my pinky ring? Hey. Right? It doesn't work for me, does it? We're going to be talking about the ring of authority. When I talk about giving the, the devil the finger, look at this. My daddy gave me this. You want to know what this means, devil? Hey, you can't do that. Is that right? Just giving him the finger. Wear the ring on the right finger. But you know what I'm talking about? Hey, y'all, don't act like you didn't tell somebody they were number one in your life. You've done it before. But listen, that's what we're talking about today is giving the devil the finger. What are we saying? You're going to recognize. You're going to recognize. See, that's what that boy had when he got that ring. That signified what the father was saying is that we're back in business. He had that ring. So Jen has a testimony I'm going to ask her to share. This is, this is a ring that a couple years ago I taught on this, and Jen was in here, and she had this ring on. And, and, and by the Spirit of God, we were talking about how there were some things that were binding people up. And Jen had this ring on, and she's got a testimony that she's going to share about this ring I want you to see that. I want you to hear this first. Hello. Um, so I came in here. Um, would have been January two thousand nineteen, and I had had a really. I don't want to wear that thing anymore. <laughs> um, but I came. Wow. Um, I came in here with a lot of baggage, and just was, Father God, I just thank you. Holy Spirit, just calm my nerves. Um, Give me the right words. In Jesus' name, I thank you for the Midwest Healing Center and Donnie Allen and everybody here. I I thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, I came in here... And I had been living with guys. I had had three kids out of wedlock. I had kind of been the mentality of I can sin and, you know, put this stuff in my closet and know of the Lord but not really know him. And Santana, I just might as well, I think I've told you this before, so Valerie, I knew Valerie, and she kept on sending me these two guys in a Bible, and all I could think is, this guy wants my money. What is this about healing? Mind you, I was a pastor's daughter, Southern Baptist pastor's daughter. All I could think is, I don't want to go to that church. The guy is probably just preaching healing so he can get money, right? And uh, no offense. I love you to death. I know. No, it didn't. And um, 
So I'm going to put that down. Um, so I came in here because Santana's like, hey, you want to go to this church at 6.30 at night on a Tuesday? And I'm thinking, that's cool, 6.30 on a Tuesday? I can work with that with kids. So, so I come in here, and I was just wrecked with the love of God. And it was a couple weeks, and I had this ring on this finger, and he was preaching on the ring of authority. And I was in a relationship for, since 2016, and the gentleman was in and out of prison and was dealing with addiction and overdosed in my bathroom. And it was just a really rough year. It was, I was praying, I was going to church. I was, you know, going to church with clean hands, but not a pure heart. Because God calls us to have a pure heart and not just clean hands. And... Um, I was doing all the right things, but then if someone entered my house, they know I was sleeping with the guy, and they knew, you know, I was getting drunk and stuff. So um, I just, I had a horrible year. Suicidal thoughts, um, depression, faking it to make it in Christianity. And I had a religion and not a relationship. I knew of, but I didn't know the Father. So, came here. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, I don't know why I'm saying sorry. Um, so, I came here, <laughs> and uh, I remember sitting in the second or third row there, and he was preaching on authority, and the uh, Lord said, are you going to let this guy have authority over you? Because I was really fearful. There was a lot of stuff going on in that that relationship and he was already in prison and God said are you going to serve him or are you going to serve me and I took off that ring and I placed it right in here and I remember a weight being lifted off and Donnie came down here and he uh he said the spirit of rejection leaves you you are enough and you are loved and I've been a pastor's daughter all my life you know, I, I could probably quote scripture just as good as a pastor. And, you know, when Christian people were coming up to me, man, I could, I could really talk the talk. But I could not walk it out. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect because the last three years, man, the Lord has really walked me through some things. But I will tell you this. I now wear a ring that says purity on it. And... Even though in the three years it hasn't been easy, I've still fallen short. The Lord has taught me, yes, I want you to have clean hands, but I want you to have a pure heart for me first. And so I wear this ring now, and I realize that wherever I go, whether it's when I wake up in the morning and I get dressed, I ask the Lord first, Lord, what do you want me to wear today? And typically it's... It's what he tells me to. A lot of the time, it's a God of Miracles shirt, and it's a huge testimony. Um, my life has radically changed due to the Midwest Healing Center, due to Donnie. Um, I can't say enough about this place, and if you're online, 
and you're struggling or you're here and you're struggling and you're like, I got some things in my closet, but I'm not sure about this whole Christian thing. I'm not sure about this whole religious thing. Number one, Jesus isn't religion. He's a relationship. And actually it was religion that killed him. And we need to stop realize or we need to stop and realize that when the father comes to us and he puts a ring on our hand that symbolizes marriage with the lord whether you're a man or a woman you're his and so he puts this ring of authority so you can be jesus to the world and i didn't know that i didn't know that i had authority over my life when when God came in. I knew of until I came here and I knew the Lord. So I took off the ring and I put on Christ's authority and I learned who I was in him and I am married to Christ till, till God brings a man in my life and even if he doesn't, I'm his. So no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what you're struggling with, give God the authority and just lay it at his feet and he will provide. I've been through two custody battles, facing one right now, and the Lord massively took away the fear of the one I'm going through right now and if anybody's been through one it's complete hell and torment and if you're going through struggles or custody just man lay it at the altar give God the authority and uh, lay it at his feet so I think I've talked enough I'm not sure if I said the right thing, but um, I want to encourage you guys that you need to take off the world's ring and put on God's because you can go out there and you can win souls for Christ. I go to Walmart all the time and everywhere I go to, to let them know that, you know, we're his before we're the world's and he wants you to know him, not just know of, not fake it, not keep things quiet and in the closet he wants you to be bold for him you're you, every one of us is a walking miracle so let's let's be god's miracles amen amen praise god so she was able to give the devil the finger that's what we're saying right you know i mean when the world says hey this was ruling over her the fear right it wasn't it wasn't the man it was the fear that this represented and she had to remove that thing she had to literally remove that and when she did, everything opened up. Praise God. Let's talk about it. Luke 15, 22. But the father said, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hands and sandals on his feet. So we want to see what these things represent to us. Again, the robe representing righteousness. Take away the filthy things. Get the robe of righteousness, right? Standing. And so the ring represents that authority that God gives to us authority. Authority. And so when we look through here, can we as sons and daughters, you know, because kids will do this. Well, dad said, what dad said. And they'll remind you, dad, you said. 
which he says, put me in remembrance of the things that I said anyway. But let's look at it. You look at Genesis 41, 42, and 43. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand, and he put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him in the garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee, so that he set him over all the land. See, that was handed to him. That wasn't his but the one that was ruling handed him that authority, right? Gave him authority, the ring. Esther 8.8, 8, you yourselves write a decree concerning the Jews as you please in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring. For whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring, nobody can revoke. Because the ring represents authority. It was the king's marker, stamp of approval. You know, they would melt that wax and then that ring would have a signet on it. And if it was stamped, you knew that came from the king's hand. That if he stamped that, that's it. He didn't have to say anything. You better recognize. You better recognize because of the ring. So when he handed that to somebody, if they had that ring and they used it, you didn't question. That came from the king. You're not the king, but I'm operating on his behalf. I've been, I've been authorized to operate in his name. Oper- to operate in his name. So we see that today in some places. You know, the Pope has him kiss the ring, right? That's, that's recognizing his his authority as the supreme whatever in that particular religion, right? Kissing the ring. And so, uh, again, the ultimate authority. So, again, just a symbol of authority. And so, uh, again, this was the, the, in, in this particular instance, this was the stamp uh, of all the father's official business. Everything that was going to represent what it is that the father says and does and, and all the commerce. Uh, and it was that authority given to the son, and he gave it to the son even though he had already squandered everything. Like, son, you, you kind of were already representing me, and you screwed all that up. Here, have a ring. Let's try again. Second chance, third, fourth. He, he, come on. We're talking about God here. This kid didn't deserve it. He didn't earn it. He had already proven he couldn't handle it, so to speak. And the father said, let's try again. Because you understand the kid wasn't the same. How many of you have learned some lessons out there? That you're coming back, I'll never do that again. See, the father recognized that. Hey, it was a hard lesson. I didn't want it for you, but I'll take that and use it to the good. I know that pig slop didn't taste good, did it? Left a little bit of a, something in your mouth that you'll always remember, you know? And he understands that. There's some stuff out there in the world that disgusts me now that I used to, ah, oh, bring it on. And man, I can't stand the taste of that sin anymore. Glory to God. And Father God's like, good. Now here's the ring. Let's go again. Let's try that again, shall we? Praise God. And so he, he, I love that. So uh, the son is there and the father was just simply saying this is that I still trust you though. Even after you've done it all wrong and you don't even trust yourself, but I trust you. How many of you, again, you have children and you see things in them they don't see. You, you see things in them and the potential and the stuff they don't see. And when they're doubting and they're, you know, my kids all played sports and they'd have maybe a bad game or something. And I'm like, whatever, come on. I see the potential, how we can keep rolling here and keep going. I, some, I see some things in you. And so we're moving forward and you and I, and I love this because what he was saying to the son is, here's the ring. You and I, we're back in business. We're back in business again. We're partnering together, like she said, a marriage. We're coming back together in this marriage partnership together right now. And I give you authority to do business in my name. I know just moments ago you were out there, but you're back and we're moving forward. We're going to go on, praise God. So let me say this about authority. Really big teaching. We won't get into all of it. Uh, But uh, you know, you understand that a police officer can step out on Highway 54 and hold up one hand and stop an 18-wheeler. 
Well, he's not superhuman. If that truck wanted to, it could run him over. But what they recognize is the authority that stands behind the hand. Now, it wasn't his authority, right? It comes from the state who gets it from, right? They make the laws and the government and everything backing him. It was all delegated to that man to be able to stand out and see, you can't do that because you don't have that. You'll get your tail ran over. They won't stop for you. Who are you? They won't recognize the authority on you, but it wasn't given to you anyway. It's been given to them, delegated to them. He has a symbol in that badge that he's wearing or possibly that uniform if you recognize it. But again, it's not his. So when they hold up a hand and an 18-wheeler sees that, it's not just Bill, my neighbor, trying to stop me. They recognize the hierarchy of if I don't stop, it's not a problem just here. This is going to the top. That there's so much backing this guy, I, I don't want to mess with him. Not because of who he, I could whip his tail, I could run him over, and that's what the devil thinks. I could run you over, but then when he sees you, he's like, that's Christ. I just saw Jesus. Whoa, 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 I got to stop. I got to lock up the brakes. I can't. But it'll only be when you start to recognize Jesus. What are you seeing on the backside of that hand? You better recognize Jesus. That's not your hand, that's his hand. You've been authorized, you've been authorized. So again, the Father's giving us our authority so that when we're rebuking the enemy, what are we gonna do, man? When you hold up a hand and you lay that hand on the sick, sickness, you stop, you stop, you stop. Hold up that hand, right? Because what, what do we know? We know that it's not just us, but it's all of the kingdom backing us. Let's look at it. Jesus told the 70, go heal the sick. You go heal the sick and you tell them that the kingdom of God just came nigh you. Wait a minute, that's just Dion. No, it isn't. You better tell them that it's Dion, but if you mess with her, you're messing with my daddy. You're messing with the kingdom. All the holy angels, everything that he's given me, Holy Spirit, Jesus himself, and if you're gonna mess with me, you're messing with them. You, you might think you can take me out, but see, I'm never alone. I'm never alone. Kingdom authority carried out by those authorized to do so in my name. He said, you go out and conduct business. He didn't ask them. He commissioned them. Go do it. It wasn't the great suggestion. It was a commission to go do so. You go do it. Mark 1 verse 22, they were astonished at his teaching because he taught as one of them having authority and not as the scribes. The scribes, see, they knew their stuff. They knew how to flowery word Facebook posts. Mm, very theologically well-spoken. And then Jesus spoke and they're like, what is that? He spoke in such a way that they're like, well, whatever we've been talking about wasn't like that. They recognize something in this guy. So don't be fooled just because somebody's teaching or preaching something that you think, well, that's automatically what God wants or they're somehow uh, uh, you know, connected to the things of God. They're very uh, intellectual, smart men and women that can, that can speak in such a way that they can sway the room. They can word things just right to pull on your emotions and you're like, whoo, it may not even be God. But they can sway you, right? But I love that they recognized how Jesus was talking about God was way different than what they were saying about the same God. He spoke as one having authority. Well, see, sons can tell you some things about daddy that coworkers can't tell you, that the world can't tell you. They might know about this person, but man, you know, I know who my daddy is, you know, and he knows me. The sons can speak a little different about the father 
than a servant can, right? The intimacy of the relationship, you know, where a servant might think, man, he's harsh. And you're like, my dad's the best. He's amazing. What are you talking about? But when you have a servant mentality, you're always looking for it coming, right? They view God as the punisher because as a servant, you're serving out of fear. As a son, you still serve, but I serve out of love. So it's not that I don't serve, but it's out of love. It's a different posture. I don't, I don't expect the blows to come when I blow it. I expect the teaching to come. What'd you do here? That's not quite right. Here, let me show you. That's what a good father does. Here, let me show you what to do. Right, Peter? Drown, sucker. Ye a little faith? No, he's, Pete, I love you. Come on, come on. Come on, we're, we're, how many of you have had to been walked back to the boat? <laughs> Not drugged through the water. <laughs> You're going to learn the lesson. We're having baptisms today. You're going to stay under for a minute till you get it. Loving, loving father, loving father. He'll correct you, but he loves you. And, and so sons can speak differently about that. So they're recognizing this, that the authority, all authority is delegated. Romans 13 and verse 1 says all authority is from God, right? It's delegated. So the father in this parable, uh, parable the prodigal son, uh, again, he gets his authority to the son. And so you and I as sons and daughters ought to be walking in this authority uh, to recognize where it's come from. That on my worst day, on, on a police officer's worst day, he can still operate in authority. He can still do it. Under, under very duress situations and, and bad issues and, and bad weather and a bad day and all, he can still operate in authority. That it doesn't wait. See, what we do is when we have a bad day, we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have it. That'd be like a police officer going out here and saying, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm going to let him rob the bank. I just ain't got it today. I, just, I don't feel like I could probably stop him. Well, we've been given weapons that are not carnal, glory to God, that we could stop him. So it's going to happen because, listen, one thing, uh, we're, we'll look at two things here. First, this is going to happen to you, how you can operate in this authority because of humility. The quickest way to lose authority is to walk in pride. Jesus was walking in humility, and we have the wrong idea in the church what humility is, and so we've allowed the world to infiltrate our definition as to what humility is. We, we've taken the world, right? Because humility in the world means it's that guy that's quiet or he's low key and, and not a troublemaker, and, and you know he wouldn't make a show or, or be loud or aggressive. You know, Oh, he's such a humble person. That usually means this guy. Why, you know. They say meek, but it's weak. You understand we're at war? You understand we got some stuff to do? And we can't be walking around with our heads down, boo-hooing and weak all the time. Meek is one thing, don't be weak. False humility. So they say that, uh, you know, that one person's so mild and, and you know, they're not, you know, but it, that person that's loud and, and you know, does, oh, they're, they're prideful been accused of that many times because of forceful preaching or the way that I conduct myself. I just happen to know who my father is, that's all. You want to try to pull something over on me? You won't, and I won't let you get away with it. Well, I mean, because it's kingdom business, not personal. It's kingdom. We don't have time. We don't have time to be dealing with this, and here, we need to be out here fighting the real fight, not church to church, not us against Vinny, not us against. We have one enemy, one and it ain't none of them, and it's none of you. So humility, biblically summed up, is just this. Son, do this. Yes, Father. Okay. Yes. 
That's biblical humility. Yes, Lord. I'll stop whatever I was doing and I'll do what you say. That's surrendering my agenda and saying, yes, Father, I'll come in under what it is that you want. That's real humility. It's a bigger teaching. We won't talk about it. Here's the problem, though. Uh, we, we have such a soft church culture that we're borderline weak and not meek. People can't handle anything that's pressed or hard or straightforward. And, and I'm telling you right now, the soft church wouldn't have been able to handle Jesus's teachings. He wasn't soft and, and sweet to these boys. Now, how many of you believe Jesus was humble? The same one that stood there fastening a whip, pre-planning his attack to go flip tables and run them out was very humble. So humble doesn't mean this. Humble could mean this. Son, you're gonna go down there and clean house. Yeah! Woo! Crack on. We have the wrong idea. It's saying, yes, Lord, you want me to clean house? We're cleaning house, glory to God, right? Humility is laying aside your agenda and picking up his agenda, a whole other message. Humility, number one, Jesus, allied, uh, Jesus laid aside all his mighty weight and glory, didn't he? To just say, yes, Father. I know what your plan is. I don't like it. I'm sweating drops of blood here. Is there any other way? No. Then not my will, yours be done. The ultimate sacrifice to lay down self, less of me, more of you. That's humility. To just say, Lord, I surrender everything I'm doing and I'll do it your way. According to the Bible, nothing to do with preaching style, forcefulness, stage presence. I'm the most humble person I know. Because when he says to do something, yes, Lord. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to get the details. See, Matt and I learned this a long time ago because God put us, he would put us in what I would call spiritual hospice situations where literally people are dying right now and what are you boys gonna do? I mean, there was a season in our life that God sent us into places where people were in their hospice beds every single time. Not the easy ones like I have a headache. They were calling us and we're walking into situations where people are taking their last breath. And we're sitting there, oh my gosh, what do we do? What are we gonna say? What do you wanna do? Yes, Lord. You'll find out when you get there. Just yes, Lord, and get there. And get in the room and surrender yourself and say, Father, what do you want to do here? Because I remember Matt and I in a bedroom the first time that this really happened. And this, it was the border of Alderman's wife in Osage Beach. And she's laying in this bed. And, and they were checking to see if she's even breathing. And all the family's there. And, and she, we couldn't tell. Matt works in the medical field, so he checked her. She's still breathing. But I couldn't tell. But I loved it that we were standing there. Matt was on one side of the bed, and I'm on the other side of the bed. And we're both doing this. Because they're standing. And God said, <clears throat> ask me. Right, we're asking each other, what do you want to do? What are we going to do here? And God's like, do this. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. She got up the next day and lived from a hospice situation. Alive, praise God. Not my will, yours be done, period. So this son was doing what? He was consenting to his father's authority. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear this ring, Father God, to represent your business, not what I wanna do. We saw how that worked. So now I'm gonna come back under your authority, but yet I have authority, which means what? That I don't have to do this. What do you wanna do, Dad? What, what do you wanna do? You do it. Why are we still asking Jesus to work the miracles he commissioned us to work 2,000 years ago? Well, I gotta pray about it. That sounds so spiritual. Hey, do you, do you, do you wanna do this or this? Let me pray about it. If it's in the book, I don't pray about it. 
I know what my father said because I know his business. And I don't have to. See, that's how Jesus was able to speak as one with authority. They'd all gather around and vote on it and pray about it and discuss it. And God would say, do something. And Jesus would say, he was already moving. You got to know the father. That's how you operate in authority. It's not prideful. It's not arrogance. It's just, I know what my father wants. And I'm not asking him. See, that police officer seeing that 18 wheeler coming. Uh, yeah, you want me to try to stop this thing? Uh, hold on, we're going to check with the chief. Well, hold on, let me call the uh, attorney general. Uh, well, let's call the president and see if we can stop this thing. Stop the thing! Stop it! Quit trying to go back and ask to do things you already know you're commissioned to do. You have been authorized to just say yes. Cast out them devils. Get out. I mean, come on. Lay hands on the sick. Bam! I mean, we don't have to pray about it. You get what I'm saying? In context, right? There's some things you should pray about. There's other things that you're praying about that you don't need to pray about. Well, I don't know. Should I give towards that? Let me pray. I mean, I don't know. I had this extra hundred bucks, but I'm just not sure. You were blessed to be a blessing. Come on. I mean, there's just so many examples that we could use. We don't need to be. They knew the father's business. The father trusts you today. I know we haven't done it right, but today's different, right? Today, we're face-to-face with the Father that's handing us a ring. So the connection here in humility and authority, and again, so many people have, have missed this, and they demand that you recognize their authority, right? And they work hard to paint this picture of you must respect my authority because of title or positions, right? That's cheap. See, it doesn't hold its weight very long. That's cheap when you have to recognize it simply because of titles. Because, see, the flip side of that is, is but Dave, you don't have one. And yet when the devil comes along, the only title you need is son. You give him the finger. Don't tell me what I'm doing and not doing. Bam. Don't tell me because my father already said. Well, who are you? Son. Oh, you're not the general manager. You're not the manager. You're just, no, I'm the son. I'm the son. And my daddy's already signed this over to me. And you're going to listen and recognize the ring. You're going to recognize it. Luke 9, 1, he called his 12 disciples together. He gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. You think he did that to you? Yes. How many demons? Most of them. Give them the finger, man. Tell them. Devil, you got to go. Who are you? Right here. Right here. You don't worry about who I am. You better know whose I am. You don't need to worry about me. You don't, need to, you don't need to worry about that. You better recognize who my daddy is. You better recognize it. Well, he only did that for them. Guys, when people say things like that, you think I care what 12 guys did 2,000 years ago in the Bible if I couldn't do it? It's not why it's there. It's written for our example. Well, it was just for them. It wasn't just for them. Luke 9, and so the 12 have been given power and authority. And again, we understand that the devil has power, but let me explain it. Only the power we give him. He has none of his own. That's why he has to possess a thing to get things done on the earth because he has no authority or power here. That's why he he said, put us into the pigs. We still got to possess something to be here. But Ephesians says, neither give place to the devil. Meaning he can't take it from you. So the only power he has is when we surrender it and we take off the ring. And we say, "I, I, I don't know. I don't know here. Don't give him that. 
So he has some power. That's why he's still able to affect the church, but only those that allow him to do so. He literally has none. Don't give him some of yours. It's the only way he can operate. It's the only way. How many of you, man, you've had an issue and all of a sudden you put your foot down and you said, stop in the name of Jesus and things changed. That, it's as easy as that. The Bible says that one of these days we're gonna look at him and go, that is what caused the nations to tremble? That thing? I mean, really, we are gonna be shocked when we see just how little and powerless he is. You know your daddy already beat up the biggest bully on the block. There's nothing left, <laughs> glory to God. He's a defeated foe. So, okay, Luke 10, and after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others. And he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. That's us. See, that's what we're doing in this community. That's what we were doing last night. And that's what we're gonna do more in this community is we're gonna go out. We're gonna go out in pairs. We're gonna go out in groups. We're gonna go out there and we're gonna be sent into this community and we're gonna go in his name to conduct our father's business. Praise God. So I like this. This 70 is what we would call baby Christians or new believers. Here, here's a group of new believers. The scriptures will prove it here in a second. That he gave, you know, we understand that he gave it to the 12 because, I mean, they traveled with Jesus. They've been in this for a while, right? They saw the miracles. And now all of a sudden these new guys come along and he's like, hey, how about you guys too? And the 12 are like, but I mean, we, we've, been, we've been in. We're in. Who are these guys? Well, they're sons. <laughs> they came into the family. They're sons. I have an older son and I have a younger son. And when Luke came in, I couldn't say, well, I couldn't have another son. I already have one. Well, now I have two. <laughs> and guess what? They get it all. They get it all. So I love that we got the 70 coming in. And so in verse 17, it says that the 70 returned with joy. Look at it. He sent them out, baby Christians. And he said, you go do these things. And I love that they came back and they were rejoicing, saying, what, well, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That we walked out there and when demons started doing stuff, we said, no, I've got a father who said that I can get rid of you. Do you see this? I've been authorized and I'm telling you to get out. And they came back and they're like, we didn't, we didn't even know what we were doing except saying in the name of Jesus, my daddy said you need to leave. Well, Paul I know and Jesus I know, who are you? They had the right idea, right? The seven sons of Sceva. Thank God they recognized a demon needed to be cast out, but they were living through Paul's revelation of being a son and not their own. So when they said, we, we, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and the devil's looking for the ring, and they said, who Paul preaches, and he's like, oh, <laughs> Paul's got a ring, and Jesus has a ring, who are you? And they didn't know, and they got it whipped. They could have easily had done it if they'd left out the middleman. In the name of my Jesus, I've been authorized. I've been authorized. Don't live through somebody else's revelation of who your daddy is. Let him be yours, right? I love this because they said, you allowed us to use your name and the demons fled. I mean, imagine baby Christians walking out here and it wasn't one of these, well, you, Nathan, you pray and I'll, I'm backing you up, brother. These guys were casting out devils on their first day on the job. Yeah. Woo. Are there any devils that need to be cast out? Let's get it. The 70 baby believers because the delegated authority. Guys, I shared this story a hundred times. It's my favorite, that prostitute in Tampa. Yeah. I mean, I go to that revival and there she is, that guy, they paid for her and brought her to church. <laughs> you gotta be led to do that. Yeah. I'm called to the strip club. Are you? 
I'm just sowing into it, man. <laughs> you better be called. You better be called to do a thing. So they feel like, you know, hired this girl, and she came, and they came to church. And she's still dressed right off the corner. She thought she was going to work, and he said, yeah, we're going to church. That's bold. That's reaching somebody. Man, that's bold. That's bold. I mean, he walked, so here she is sitting there. And I told you guys, the spirit of God's moving. She comes up to get born again. Gives her life to Jesus. Still covered in filth, right? The world, she'd been working. Gave her a robe. So she's sitting there. And we're getting to the point where we're gonna pray. I mean, I've got people literally. Mom, were you at those meetings? I know you came to some. Maybe not that one. Not a, a church that would probably hold about this size. We had people lined up. Well, we had, first of all, no seating. We had people standing, standing, and then imagine them standing in the parking lot with the doors open outside, and I'm preaching to people all the way out by the highway, like through this building, out to the, they had to turn a speaker around so they could hear. That's how many people came. And so... I'm there ministering and it comes time to pray and we've got people lined up down and down and down and down. All these people lined up to be prayed for. But the first ones in front of me was a, a, a Cuban or Hispanic lady and her grandma and grandma's blind. And we're getting ready to pray. And God said, yeah, have her do it. Who? Her. I'm like, her? Like born again 15 minutes ago, her. Have her do it. Why? Does she have a daddy? Does she have a daddy? She's in the kingdom now. She has a new daddy now. And here she is, and he says, hey, you go tell her to pray for this woman. And I'm like, a blind woman? A blind woman? Do we want to start her with a hurt toe or something? I mean, <laughs> nope, let's get her right in. She's been authorized. I tell her to come up. I had this, this same Bible right here before it was falling apart so bad. And I opened it up, you know where it's in the, in the Great Commission. And the music's pounding, and I remember we're standing here and these people, and I mean, the music's just, I think it was break every chain. I mean, I remember, you know, boom, boom, boom. And so I'm talking to her, and I'm like, are you born again? You know, I mean, it's so loud. Yes, sir, and she's crying. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And so I opened this up, and I said, what does that say? Pointing to, to the Great Commission, it says believers, and I shut it. Are you a believer? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. We're like, okay, yeah. What does it say? Believers shall lay hands. I said, do you have hands? Yeah. I said, what does it say? Believers shall lay hands on the sick. I said, oh, there's sick people. Yeah. What does it say? Believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I said, do it. 15 minutes born again, still dressed as a prostitute. Woman at the well woman out, out, caught in the act of adultery, and she steps down there, and she doesn't know that the first woman she's gonna pray for is blind, and she lays hands on her, and she sees. Why? She's been authorized. She's been authorized. I gave to both of my sons everything. She may have squandered it at some point, but she was back, and she had a ring. She had a ring, praise God. Behold, look at Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. What you worried about? 
Nothing's going to hurt you, praise God. These are babies. How do we know? Look at verses 20 through 21. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, right? They're like, hey, the demons are subject to us in your name. Hey, he said, don't rejoice over that, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So names are written in heaven, right? They're believers. And in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. He's having a conversation with his father about these guys. Like he, he gives them the little sermonette, but now he's rejoicing, it said in the spirit, and he's talking to his dad. And I love this. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, but you revealed it to the babes. Even so, Father, because it seemed good in your sight. How many of you know children are just do some things because you tell them to, right? Like, I mean, before they get to be a teenager. <laughs> Go do this, okay. Hey, jump from there, I'll catch you, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a trust there, right? Because the father, and I love that he said, I thank you that you revealed this to the babes, not the wise and the prudent ones. Prudent means holding back. The ones that would hold back and analyze it. And well, I don't know, can we, should we? No, he said, hey, you gave it to the babes. It just said, let's go, let's go, let's do it. Authority over demonic spirits. I thank you that you revealed this to the baby Christians and you hid it from the people that think they're so smart and they're so prideful. But the humble little babies that just said, okay, they're out there casting out devils casting out devil. what are we doing come on we got to go back to the love of our life here our father that woman in tampa she just simply said yes and she laid aside her life now i told you you know what she did i don't know if she's still doing this but i told you that she started going getting those other girls born again and so they still work the street corners uh, they were i don't know if they still are they're working the street corners and when a guy hires them and they get in the car they get them born again <laughs> that's pretty amazing they get in that car and they say, hey, do you love Jesus? And they're like, what? 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 Wouldn't you like to sow this money into the church? <laughs> Praise God. Uh-huh. I know 25-year Christians that haven't laid hands on anybody, let alone somebody that's blind or cast out a devil. Don't be one of them. Humility. Matthew 8, uh, 5 through 9. Now, Jesus had entered to Capernaum, and a centurion came to him, pleading with, Lord, my servant's lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said... I'll come and heal him. That's the right answer. That's your answer. When you hear that somebody says, hey, somebody's sick, I'll come and heal him. You will? Christ in me. But you're there. And when God sees that, he doesn't see Nathan and Jeff and Dion. He sees Christ. He sees Christ. The centurion answered, he said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but watch this. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Why? For I also, look, I also, I am a man under authority also. Having soldiers under me, I say to this one, go and he goes. Another come and he comes and do this. And he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and he said to those that followed, assuredly, I say to you, I've not found such great faith, not in Israel. This is a Roman. This isn't even a Jew. And he had great faith because he understood authority. And Jesus says, I'm going to come and, and, and do this. And he said, no, you don't need to come and do that. Just speak a word because I'm a man under authority. And I recognize that you too are under authority. Isn't that what Jesus said? He submitted himself to only say what it is that the father would say. That's why he was able to say, I'll come and heal him. He didn't have to stop and pray about it. And think, he didn't say, well, I wonder if that guy's a sinner. What did he do to open himself up for this sickness unto death? He's probably done some things. Probably, probably. He didn't ask. He just knew what the father's answer would be. I will come and heal him. Now, what if God tells you to go and lay hands on a known homosexual that you know that has AIDS right now from their lifestyle? What are you gonna say? Yes, Lord. 
It's not about you to decipher and determine and do all that and I don't know and he needs and she needs. Somebody with lung cancer that smokes five packs a day, what do you say? Yes, Lord. It's not about you telling them to do anything. It's about you going and doing what it is that the Father said to do. We sit here and try to convert him. That's not what he's doing. You understand there'll be people you'll lay hands on that may never accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They may not. He, he healed demon-possessed people. He healed all kinds of people. And we're not called to just the Christians and the easy ones. There's people out here in the world right now that are not born again that you will lay hands on and they're gonna get healed. Because it works. I love that the father was able to pass the son the ring of authority and they would use that to stamp all the business and the approval. And I love that, that now the son, see, they, don't even had to, they didn't even have to go to the father. Now it's the son standing there and saying, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Because I only speak on the behalf of my father. And that's our job as well. That I'm standing here, right? And so it's key, humility. And again, just quick transitional teaching here. He's got to guide us in this. So authority is delegated. We have to be humble. Last is obedience. Matthew 21, 23. When he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching. And they said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus answered and he said, I'm going to ask you something. Which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. So he's just saying, okay, I'll answer your question, but you're going to answer mine first. And then I'll tell you what you want to know. I'll tell you. The baptism of John, where was it from? Was it from heaven or from men? They reason among themselves, well, if we say it's from heaven, he's gonna say, well, then why didn't you believe him? If we say it's from men, we fear the multitude because they think John's a prophet. So they answered and they said, well, we don't know. And he said, then I'm not gonna tell you by what authority I do these things. So here's my point. This is not where the conversation ends, verse 28. And he says, well, what do you think? And he tells a story. So they're saying, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority? And this is what he says. Well, what do you think? I'll tell you. He said, so a man had two sons. And the first, uh, the first son comes in there and the father says, son, go work in my vineyard. Right? The harvest is great. Labors are few. That's what he's telling them. Go work. Go, go out here and work. Get them. Go. He said this to the first. And, and the son said, I will not. I will not. But then he regretted it. And he went anyway. He said he wouldn't do it, but he thought about it. Yeah, I'm going to go do it. Have you been there? Had to think about it. Then he came to the second one and said, likewise. And he answered and he said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then he didn't do it. I'll go, daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as dad left, he's like, I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. And he said, uh, so he said, well, which of the two did the will of his father? And they said, well, of course, the first one. The first one. And Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots will enter the kingdom before you do. What was he saying? Y'all sitting around talking like you're going to do a thing, but you've not done a single thing. These guys fought and fussed and griped about it, but you know what? They did it anyway. And those are the guys that are going to get it done. Not the ones that are going to stand here and say, well, we're gonna, we're gonna shut up and just do it. Just do it. I am so tired of the church saying we're gonna. If you're gonna then do it, because that's the one that makes it, but you've been authorized to do so. So they regretted it, and they did it. They repented. What? Just like the prodigal son, and so he's saying, how, how did I get this authority? By doing the will of the Father, not talking about it, not talking about it. So we understand that we can lose our authority, again, if you believe a lie, or you can walk in disobedience and rebellion. You could lose that authority, and so that's why I said the answer has to be yes, Lord, no matter what, and then go do it. Don't just say you're going to do it. When you say, yes, Lord, your feet better already be moving, heading that way. 
But I'm telling you, you won't fail because you have the ring. You have the ring. You have the authority. You can't mess this up. You can't do it. You can't do it. That's why we're able to see people healed and set free in this building. I grew up in this town since 1978. My father was a pastor. My father-in-law is a pastor. My brother-in-law is a pastor. All these people in my family, and I've not seen them have any results. In all the years that I've lived here, I've not seen these great results that we ought to be seeing. And then we opened this place. Why? Because I said yes. Yes. And when I said yes, he wrote the check. No, they were pastors for 30 years still paying on debt from 30 years ago. I walk in day one debt-free. Because I said, yes, I didn't say, let me pray about it. Let me think about it. I'm going to do it and didn't do it. I just said, yes. You'll have to figure, if daddy said yes, then it's yes. And we walked in here, and because of that, guys, we've had over, in our three and a half, almost four years here, we've had almost 400 salvations in this room that we know of. We've had... In, in the ministry over the last three or four years, we've had 700 and something people baptized in the Holy Ghost for the first time. And who knows how many healings? Last week. That's pretty good average. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty. Right. This was the girl that they said was paralyzed. Yes. Right. Right. This is x-rays. Those doctors, and I'm sure they can read an x-ray. Sure. And they got the Columbia. They said she don't need back surgery. That's an old injury. And then we prayed for the old injury to be gone, and she is up walking now. That's it. Woo-hoo. Praise God. Wow. Praise Come on. Why? Because we said so. We said so. <laughs> that's right. Because that's what my daddy would say. Right? So when we come back, right, he put a robe of righteousness, removed the filthy rags, right, put a ring on us, giving us authority. And so we're, we're simply daring to do the Father's will because he said that we could, right? Praise God. So I, I love that. Uh, again, we can't allow people to continue to try to rip that robe of righteousness off of us, right, because people want to do that. I remember you. I remember when. I remember you. That was last season guy, not this guy. No, that was the guy that was out in the world. That was the guy that you saw eating pig slop next to you every Saturday night. Yeah, that was that guy. That ain't this guy. That ain't this guy, though. See, you have a other season you, and you have a this season you. Praise God. Because you chose. You made the choice. I'll go back. I'll go back. You thought you were crawling in, but he said, you can't crawl in. You're a son. You're a son. You, you're not going to go back to some servant thing. Praise God. And, and so, you know, I, I'd rather obey God than man, right? I'm a man under authority, but at the same time, I have authority. Praise God. And so I love that. I love that, that we can come home. We can come home. So um, here's what I want us to do today. We understand that that ring represents authority. It's everything that the Father gave us. When, when we see, um, when, when Peter and John go to the gate, beautiful, right? And they're going to heal the guy. Silver and gold, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll tell you what I do have. I have the authority to tell you to rise in Jesus' name. I'm operating under the Father's authority. I, I have the right to use his name. I have a right to use his name. Why don't you stand to your feet? Here's what we're going to do this morning. 
You've been authorized. You have a robe, right? So, so in here today, what is it? Well, you can't say I can't because of these things. You're wearing a robe. I don't see any of that. The father doesn't see any of that. Doesn't matter what you've done. We don't see that anymore. So in a righteous position of knowing that I'm totally clean, standing before the Father, that anything he says for me to do, he's empowered me to do it. He's given you a ring to operate and do business in his name. So what has hindered you? What things have you not been doing because you felt like I'm just not sure that I should be? Because what I want to do today, if you've not been operating in your authority, you've been holding back because you've been feeling like, well, I've done some things and I can't do this. What, what I saw God showing me that we were going to do today, me and Nathan and Lacey are going to stand up here and we're going to minister to you. And then, and then by just a show of um, symbolic, we're going to slide a ring on your finger. Now you can. So whatever it is that you've been saying, well, I can't because, and I can't because, and I can't because, today we're going to slide that ring on your finger so that you can give him the finger. No, I will because. I will because. And we're going to change our language and stop saying I can't, and we're going to start saying I can. I can. So Thank you for joining me for our church at the MHC Sermon of the Week. I'm your host, Pastor Don Allen. No more servants, but sons. You've been given a robe of righteousness and a ring. So give the devil a finger. Go show him that ring of authority. And come home because God's ready to get back to business with you. He loves you. He trusts you to carry on in his name. And business is good. Be sure to join us for Church at the MHC every Sunday, 10 a.m. in person at the Midwest Healing Center. 728 North Main Street, Lower Missouri, at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Or online live streaming video on the Two Guys in the Bible Facebook page. Or Two Guys in the Bible YouTube Live. Want to sow into the ministry? Church at the MHC, where we love the hell out of your life.